Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Steven Seagal's Slow Metabolism. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Anybody seen Richie? Anybody know why he did Bobby Lupo? Oh, I'm Steven Shitty Seagal. Cue the theme song. Then you gonna be over here using my belt for like illegal means, would you? Bookmakers and illegal activity, you know? You also would not know that uh, Richie owns this place and that he sells narcotics here because he's a fucking puke and he likes to pervert kids and stuff, right? Pushing my cases around you, prick yet. Prick, look around you over here. Is this the setting for profanity? Hey, fuck you. And you know why he's not here? Why? Because he's a chicken shit fucking pussy asshole, you know? You don't know nothing, do you? Yar Seagal sounds exactly like Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> you know what's funny is so does Seagal's Italian accent in this movie. It's, <laughs> it's so total. disgustingly over the top. It's fucking uh, hilarious. It's pretty. It's pretty he, insane. He's doing honor to Brooklyn-based Italian Americans in 1991's Out for Justice. Yeah, you know what? I don't think he had a dialect coach, and if he did have a dialect coach, someone should drag him outside and shoot him. <laughs> so, uh, um, just <laughs> there's uh, so many things to say here. We have. <laughs> Steven Seagal, the man himself, which, love or hate this movie, this was his third movie in a row to release at number one in the box office starring Steven Seagal. We also have William Forsythe, who I've loved in movies and I've hated in movies. Uh, Jerry Orbach, somehow they dragged him into this. Uh, a couple other names you probably would uh, uh, recognize, Julianne Margulies and... Uh, Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon, of course, uh, playing Patty, Richie's really sister. Jerry Allbuck, though, really was phoning it in. You could tell he was, like, fucking not happy to be there. He, he didn't even have to like, change wardrobe how... from Law & Order. He just came over in his Law & Order garb and was like, All right, I'll do this. Now pay me. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the equivalent like, of that guy that was in Rush Hour. What the fuck was that guy's name? <laughs> I forget his name. It's so right, though. Um, Which actor? Are you talking about the guy who played Quang Jung Lee or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this movie follows Detective Gino Felino. <laughs> oh my god! That's not true, is it? It totally is. Last is. Name? Gino Felino is a uh, New York cop <laughs> based out of Brooklyn. I did, I did not know that. And his partner Bobby is this super upstanding guy who deserves to have his honor uh, upheld. Uh, he is brutally and gruesomely murdered in the street one day. By a savage William Forsyth. Uh, and so then Steven Seagal goes, dun dun dun, out for justice. To try and get right. revenge. Um, and hijinks ensue. That's that's pretty much the, the story we're given to work with here. So, hijinks do ensue. One more quick note on his accent that I wanted to make. That William Forsyth, apparently, Seagal told him. Um, <laughs> that he needed to work on his Brooklyn accent. <laughs> and the guy's from Brooklyn. And he's like, trust me, you need to work on your fucking Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Uh, people apparently hated working with Steven Seagal. Like, when I looked up for some notes on this, basically all of the highlights and trivia were that uh, this person hated Seagal, this person hated Seagal, Gina Gershon hated him, William Forsyth hated him. Uh, apparently, a, a light in his 
tra- trailer went out and he was like in near tears because of it and tried to have the teamster fired that he put in uh, responsible for not replacing a light bulb. So all in all, I'd say uh, Steven Seagal's uh, whininess really comes through in this movie. Dude, he is such a fucking weird person. <laughs> the way he dresses, he's a Brooklyn cop. He's brought up in Brooklyn. Where did you get that fucking... The, the beret and the fucking wide-gapped open shirt and all this shit? Yeah, like, with no arms. That, that, that was the first thing I commented on is he's wearing a beret and a sleeveless kind of shirt vest. Black, both are black. Yeah. And his arms are super pasty pale. Yeah. And he looked like like the cliche of like a Miami like of a Miami like uh I don't know, like a like a gay Miami uh I don't know, like what are those guys called that I think gay uh, Miami clears it up. <laughs> they aren't a cop they aren't a cop though, but they're uh oh he looked like a gay Miami guardian angel. I was gonna say like he could be in the YMCA video, no problem. He felt to me like the equivalent. You know that programmer from Grandma's Boy, the guy that's like, that fucking weird guy. He's like the martial arts equivalent of that guy. Like both super um, (laughs) borderline personality oddness. Yeah, just have no idea of how they are um, coming off. I don't know He's how, so fucking weird, man. Who lets this guy run? After watching this man run <laughs> one time, I would be like, okay, you're not running in any other movie with your loose, wavy arms. There's a So one of my favorite parts of this movie is at the very end, after we have our climax with the, with the main baddie, with William Forsyth, and then the wrap-up of the story with the dog, um, then it cuts to the credits where it just starts re-showing scenes that we've already seen in the movie. Uh, maybe just from different angles or just Seagal looking badass. And one of the first ones is from the very first scene in the movie where he's running in to... I guess they had a sting operation going on that pimp. Is that the whole first thing they were out doing? Yeah, I guess. It's, so it shows him running up... Him, but I think that's it. It shows him running up with his pistol, but his his pistol's in his right hand, and then he's waving his arm out as he does when he runs up to the scene, loosely holding the pistol in his left. He's like, hey, man, stop what y'all doing! <laughs> I've never seen anyone. I've never seen anyone. He runs as if he's uh, about to start dancing or something. Yeah, his arm, his arm movements are not not, uh, like who doesn't put their arms at their side and just runs like that. No, just runs. I can't even. I can't even do what he does. Like, I can't even describe what he's doing with his arms. He's as bad with his arms as a runner. As Tony Robbins is as a clapper. Yeah. Is, have you guys oh. ever seen Tony Robbins clap? The man's a yeah. savage clapper. He claps. He has the weirdest clap. There's no rhythm to I've it. Ever. He's just like clap. It's, it's up here clap. though. It's like up above his one arm, hands up above his shoulder. And yeah. He claps like a monster does. Have you ever seen that person? He's a monster. <laughs> he claps like a Frankenstein would. Hey, <laughs> guys. When I was doing my research on Tony Robbins for another project, I uh, I found this guy's website who went to his thing and was saying the negatives about he loves Tony Robbins, but he was saying the negatives. And one of the negatives was he has too many conflicts of interest by selling things to the audience. 
The other was he brags too much. And then the third thing was he has the weirdest clap of any human <laughs> on the planet. Well, we can say and that he now. Said it was distracting. We can stay now that Steven Seagal has the weirdest run, I think, on the planet. And I'd be lying. I am uh, not a runner, but during this self-isolation, I've been running up the hill behind my place here. And I'd be lying if I said once in a while, I don't just start to wave my arms out wide like Steven Seagal might. And I'm, my secret hope is that someone <laughs> sees me from afar and is like, the fuck is that guy doing? And someone's like, don't worry about it, dude. That guy's clearly an Aikido master. <laughs> it's, like the chick, it's like the chicken dance or something. Oh, it's fucking weird. That's what it feels like to me. It's Dude, fucking weird. His bones are fighting off the mass. That guy is clearly generating a lot of mass for later in life. Yeah. So maybe we haven't gotten there yet, but I mean, there's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy, stupid things that happen in this movie. But so when he's investigating why that guy would have shot his partner, he goes into his partner's desk. First of all, what kind of a detective is he that he didn't know that Bobby Lipo was such a piece of shit? Oh, well, he should he have because they, they were sitting in the car for the sting. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Is something wrong with you? And he's like, I have personal things I'm dealing with, but I deal with them. He's like, all right, you all right? Yeah, personal shit. And that's it. They let it go. These guys are fucking close partners. No. Yeah, bullshit. That guy, oh, had, a, he goes, that guy had a kilo of coke in his desk. <laughs> Clearly has a massive problem, and Steven Seagal is a detective, and he didn't pick no. up on that coke problem. I, I, so that was what I was gonna say. Was the funniest thing that to speed up the story, I guess they decided to put all of the things that his partner was doing <laughs> illegally in, in one drawer in his desk that was locked. So they figured, well, that's gonna cover up for it. So inside the desk that was in the police station. His desk that was locked, the drawer, was two packets of $10,000, a kilo of cocaine, and Polaroids of the woman he was fucking behind his wife's back. Yeah, and there's, and there's more than one woman. Loose. There's more than one woman. This it guy was, just didn't have a side piece. He was like, I'm going to bang all the cocktail waitresses at this place uh, because that's how I roll. But all of that was kept in one location. So that you could figure out everything he was doing wrong from looking inside one drawer. Who took the I get busted. I don't have the patience for a long investigation. I want all of this stuff to incriminate me in one place. But a boom, I'm in prison for life. And then he just locked it. And then he just locked it and then left it there. Yeah. Who would even keep all of that stuff together? No, it makes no sense. It makes like what is he doing? He's cracking open his desk every other day, being like, yeah, "I'm banging this chick." Look at this Polaroid. Like, I <laughs> Polaroid cameras were like meant to be a cheap, portable way of getting your photos done. So I, I don't know for sure. I haven't looked this up. I did at one point own a Polaroid camera years ago, and it was very simple mechanics. So like, were there Polaroid cameras that you could put on timers? Because who took their fucking pictures otherwise? That's, that's why I thought no, no, that's blackmailed. That's, no, that's what I, no. I was gonna say the exact same thing. If you look at those photos, they're posing for those photos, and someone else is obviously taking them. Yeah. So like, they had someone come in and do a photo shoot of them fucking with a Polaroid camera, and he kept them. He never looks happy either. No. <laughs> this this hot like chick's forcing me to, to bang her. Yeah, that's why I thought at first when you see those pictures, I thought he was being blackmailed because A, like you guys are saying, someone else has clearly taken these pictures. And B, 
he doesn't look happy in any of them. He no. looks like he's being forced into all these situations. <laughs> he, he looks like he's trying to be super cool by not smiling. Yeah. So like, that's what I thought. But it, he's like... <laughs> Fucking weird, so man. It, so this leaves like a couple of <laughs> questions to ask because like are we supposed to feel bad for this adulterer drug dealer <laughs> bad cop like so like Steven Seagal's mission to get out for justice is to have a, a cop killer kill a dirty cop like I stopped caring when I learned more about it I thought it was going to be some big reveal like they were long lost brothers or there was a kid involved um, but his partner's just kind of a bag of shit from the start. Yeah, so then it's all just about Steven Seagal doing whatever it takes, hitting and destroying people's lives. Because, like, think of all the people that got a cue ball across the fucking temple. You're not going to be okay after that. You're not going to fucking walk in circles or whatever the fuck happens after that kind of brain damage. Those guys might not have been doing it. That guy might have just been hanging out at the pool hall. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. When sticks and tattoo are hanging out, man, you pay attention. Colin and I watched (laughs) this on Zoom. And they were going through all the guys, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, a whole bar of Italian guys and one Korean guy? What's going on there? Sure enough, the Asian uh, guy is the, uh, is the martial arts expert. Yep. Yeah, he's thick. A little stereotype. <laughs> and the only guy with tattoos is Tattoo. <laughs> Jesus. That's not as bad as Gino Folino, though. What a fucking horrible yeah, name. Man. Clearly this movie was made on the first draft. Do you know guys know what Jerry yeah. Orbach's character's name was? It was Captain Ronnie Donziger. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby's last name was Bobby Arms. No, Bobby Lupo. There's another character named Bobby Arms. It just come on. Alright, so then then we get Seagal's uh uh marriage and family life. Um, so he's, he's, he's going through a divorce, it sounds like, um, but his wife is just like, nah, I I love you. And even though I'm going to impress on you, how important it is that you be a father to your son, you go out and get your revenge and, and we'll almost get killed. What was she doing in the crime scene in the beginning? I don't know. They said they were They just let spouses on crime scenes? I don't. In the beginning of the movie, they said they were going through a divorce. Yeah. And uh, they're getting divorced. And then at the end of the movie, they're not getting divorced anymore. But nothing has changed except for that he beat the shit out of a bunch of people and killed a bunch of other people. In front of his family. that's the only thing that happened. They almost got killed, right? Yeah. Well, they go to their house, yeah. How does he change? He doesn't change as a person. He He gets worse. He kills a bunch of fucking people. He gets worse. He gets revenge. If the only thing missing from your relationship to be uh, good is that your wife needs you to kill more people, that's not a good relationship. You need to get out of that relationship. No. Oh, yeah. And he found a dog. He finds a dog on the street in that paper bag, which the person who who, who wrote this movie obviously uh, read the Save the Cat book. And then they, <laughs> they were being quite literal. From, oh, yeah. That couldn't be puppy. more literal. So, yeah, they, he saves a puppy in a bag. Someone drops off on the street, and then like I think does he give that puppy to his wife, or is he just supposed to take care of it? I, I, uh, he takes I the dog with him everywhere. He's in a high speed chase under the bridge where he's doing the car jumps after car jumps. You you don't think about it until like you're you get into our position where you're looking at things critically. But the dog was sitting next to him in the passenger seat as that car was doing those jumps. That dog would have flown no, out the window. Was it? Yes. Yeah, that dog Absolutely, it was. Because also, he buys all that dog food, and then he drops off the dog food, 
And then later scene, the dog is in the car. He goes, oh, I forgot about you. I got to get you and some like, dog you food. Dog in the fucking car the whole time? Jesus Christ. That dog, that dog would have been bouncing from the passenger seat yeah. against the windshield yeah. and then back again over and over and over and over again. That yeah. dog would have been like fucking a pile of a puddle of fucking fur. Yeah. That dog will never not piss in the house. It has extreme PTSD. Yeah. It, it's a broken animal from now on. It would have been pissing which... and shitting in his car. It's a puppy. Like, puppies get a couple of hours at most between bathroom breaks. And he's like, I'll just leave you here and you just piss in my car. And, oh. So and I wouldn't when, notice when over the smell of his acting. <laughs> and when I originally saw the movie, I thought that those were, I didn't realize what it, I thought those were like, speed bumps he was bouncing over but then when i thought this time those are curves yeah so he's driving over curves of of islands like yeah. over and over and over again yeah that, that, car, that car wouldn't have made it car, no. no the suspension on that car would have fucking folded yeah that's why i said to colin i said the most unrealistic thing we see in this movie might be that car thing <laughs> And I know in movies you're supposed to suspend disbelief and just let shit happen, but that car thing is one of those things where you're like, give me a fucking break. One would have been okay, right? He does that once and then maybe a second time down the street. I would have been okay. Once, maybe twice. Yeah, totally. it was like 9, 10, 11, and he's like inside the car, outside the car. Inside. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You'd have CTE That's by crazy. the time you're done. So um, I gotta ask, why do you guys think of the fighting scenes um, because I think those were the things I was looking forward to was him fighting people. And so uh, before yeah. I say what I thought, what did you guys think of that stuff? I thought they were way better than Bloodsport. Yeah, that, I was just going to draw that comparison. They were brutal. They looked pretty good a lot across the board. Um, the um, the yeah. cue ball scene in the pool hall I thought was pretty great, actually. You see you see the, um, like, you can feel the, the aggressiveness in that battle. Yeah. With, like, the, the cue ball striking people and the fucking... I don't know. I it's, like it. It's, it's, I mean, it's still it's crazy vicious. that you would fight that many people, but yeah. it's a good fight battle. I think it's vicious, like the butcher shop as well, where he, like, meat cleavers the guy's leg and then hand. Like, that stuff all looks oh. crazy good, too. Um, what doesn't look good in any scene is how the bad guys come at him. They're always, like, screaming from 10 feet away with their hands above their head, or, like, they, they step out have him dead to rights, but then decide to say, oh, you're dead now, motherfucker. Whoops. So that that element of it isn't great, but once Seagal gets a hold of them, the way he does his uh, Aikido and the way he just smashes through people, and even a lot of the gunplay is pretty, pr pretty, pretty good for what this movie, for what I was expecting. Yeah. This did, movie did better. I was pretty better. surprised, too. Yeah. I was pretty surprised. I was impressed. I was impressed at how well it was directed and choreographed and, and his, uh, it does, it, it's a bit, it still feels even today after all these years, it feels very brutal. Yeah. Like Brent said, it, it feels, it feels, um, like you can feel the bones breaking and the impacts of the cue ball or the fist and, uh, yeah, I mean, the stuff, stuff still all works. It's too bad if they would have written a script around it. Yeah, that's the thing that I, mean, I was. You could have had something. I was really missing it. Like, um, I don't know. Some of the slow reveals, like Gina Gershon's character, ends up being completely useless. Um, and then the 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 large-breasted Terry at the restaurant ends up being mostly a useless character. Like, none of that stuff advances the story. Like, once he finds the pictures, 
and he hears from the later on he confronts the wife who like admit, admits to everything later so it was the wife who got her husband killed at the end of the day so another piece of shit i don't give a fuck about um this movie does an interesting job around uh bringing weird parts of the story full circle like the kid he buys the seltzer this this kid sitting on the side of the road on a cooler and you're just supposed to know that that's the kid you go to when you need seltzer <laughs> So that yeah. kid later on comes full circle and calls in that he's the guy's trying to bang Juliana Margulies. Uh, and then later the dog stuff comes full circle where he runs into the dog dumper at the end of the movie. But none of yeah, that is very like, satisfying. Why do, you fucking, why do you fucking need any of that shit? No, you don't. Yeah. You don't. The little seltzer boy? Fuck off. Like, like what? He has one even... fucking thing of six-pack of seltzer in that cooler, and then he's out when Stigall comes back. I by. know, and he just sits back down. Like, are people, like, how would people know to stop to buy his wares? He should have at least a little sign, like, seltzer for six bucks. Where's he buying that seltzer that the markup is so good that he gets fucking his day's nut off of a couple fucking six-packs of seltzer? It's... Sell Coke like everybody else. Yeah. Weed something. Make yeah. your money, man. <laughs> What you could have done, what you could have done, like if I was to take this script to know that the action scenes were going to be that good and, and he didn't have any choice but perhaps to all be the star, but I mean, he's the one who's going to kick the ass in the action scene. You could have him be divorced already and like him and his ex-wife could be friends or something, but they never get back together. But like you could have her as like somebody who still cares about him and he, she could still talk to him. But, like, they don't get back together at the end to be husband and wife, but, like, she's just, like, a fucking sounding board. And, like, they still, like, care about each other. And you get with a dog. Even, they could even have a fling in the middle of the movie. You get a little tits. You get a little uh, uh, little romance. You don't need it, though. But, uh, I know, but this is a 90s movie. You need tits. There's no tits. I know, but I'm just saying that's fine. But then, so, and you get with that stupid dog or anything like that dog. So. And the thing for him could be about the mafia like his arc could have been that that he was kind of he kind of left these guys alone before and looked the other way but he decides like it's black and white and he decides at the end of the movie that he's no longer going to look the other way anymore with these guys and his arc of character is like you're either going to be a criminal or you're going to be you know like a cop but like he's not going to like Whatever, like that was you could have had something there because they kind of tried that scene where he like tells off the mafia guy, but then at the end he takes the mafia guy's gun and shoots the body a bunch of times, and they get, like he's crooked the whole way through the fucking movie. Yeah, Brett pointed it out when he puts Gina Gershon in the cell. Yep, all the other cops like let him do it, and they even make jokes about it. And so like there's the whole police department is corrupt. So why the fuck? Do we care if his partner's corrupt? He's corrupt too. They're all fucking corrupt. Yeah. He says to that one guy, because she's like, I didn't even do anything wrong. And he goes, hey, did uh, this chick try to sell you sex, whatever? And the guy's like, yeah, uh, whatever, for 10 bucks or whatever. That's a routine. Yeah. They've done that shit before. Yeah. Yeah, they're all corrupt. <clears throat> yeah. Why do I care about anybody in this fucking movie? You don't. The fucking guy that got killed's a piece of shit. Steven Seagal's a piece of shit. Clearly his wife doesn't even fucking like him until she gets the violence boner. The fucking um, dog tolerates him only because he's got no choice. The fucking uh, mafia people seem to love him, but the mafia people, by all accounts, are criminals fucking too. They, they so, love him because he leaves them alone, right? He's like, I let you do your shit while I'm taking out these rapists and other people. 
Well, and apparently he came from the from the the neighborhood. Yeah, which was apparent right off the fucking bat that that line was going to come up. I even said to Colin, Colin's like, "What the fuck's going on here?" And I was like, "He grew up with them." And then like the very next scene, "Hey, you grew up with us, Gino Felino, whatever the fuck." <laughs> it's fucking garbage. Yeah, it leaves like I swear that they were like Steven Seagal's very unlikable. How are we going to change that? Oh, we'll give him a puppy. <laughs> That's probably an exact yeah, yeah. conversation. Yeah. And I mean, that is too. Totally. 100%. I don't even understand how someone so unlikable could have gotten as far as he did. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, but... there was probably like three white guys that knew karate back then. And it was Jean-Claude Van Damme, him, and fucking, I don't nope, even know just who two. else. <laughs> just, just two. two. <laughs> just two. <laughs> just a necessary evil. Um. So, I was just going to say in the middle of this movie there's a there's one or two montages in this movie and one of them is just like driving around Brooklyn. That's it. It's just a music montage driving around Brooklyn. There's no fucking point to it. I'm still looking, they still looking montage. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I know the music though actually wasn't the, the music the montage sucked but the music selections were good. Yeah. I mean I still like that song. Yeah. Yeah, it's no fight it's not, to survive. But no, it's all right. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, so, so the fighting and the, the fight, fighting and the music choices, I think are okay. And some of the fight directing, I would have to imagine that the guy who directed this fighting may not be the same guy who directed the other scenes, unless maybe that's his bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they would. They would often maybe have like a, a fight director, probably, hey, eh? a choreographer. Yeah, well, they have yeah. like a second unit director who's like the guy who directs like stuff where there's no acting involved. Clearly, there's no acting involved in those fight scenes because, like John was pointing out, the bad guys seem to. Uh, yeah, they'll get a hold of him and they'll be about to do something, and they'll be like. You know what I'm gonna do to you, and then he just like, rrr, rrr. <laughs> <laughs> and I just fucked him up. Yeah, and, like, you just did with your hands looked exactly like his I fucking think that, fighting. That is, that's the style. If they would have awesome. just done, if they would have just done the thing to him that they said they were gonna do to him, then they might have got, they might have got a lick in on him. <laughs> yeah, the instead one of just talking about it, takes oh. out his knee. Yeah, the like if takes out his knee. Yes. Maybe if one guy had the idea that, like, why don't two of us attack at the same time? Yeah, that might have been yeah, a Yeah, or when Styx was fighting, when he was fighting with Styx, why didn't someone just come up behind him and smack a beer bottle over his head? You know, or shoot him. Yeah, that might have been the better. There were some guns flying around that place. They should have just shot him. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when, It's like when Richie and them run into that fucking deli shop to get away. He runs in with six guys. By the way, there's like seven Italian guys in that fucking car in the getaway. Yeah. They're all standing around like three different cars. Gino pulls up. They're like, oh, shit, guys, it's Gino. <laughs> Everyone in the same vehicle. <laughs> and they proceed to drive around. These guys weren't small guys. That would be a very uncomfortable getaway. That would. But then they awesome. run into that deli and they fucking Gino immediately or uh, Richie goes, all right, you guys wait for him. And then he takes half of the guys with him. Yeah. And the gun. Yeah. Why the fuck are you doing that? Yeah. Like, put the six guys awesome. on him and stand away with the gun and first opportunity. Because obviously, uh, Bill Forsythe doesn't give a shit if he kills his own guys. He's always threatening them and holding guns to their heads. 
Uh, oh, he's a meth head, yeah. Yeah, so if he had a like, if he had a hit hit one of his own men in the crossfire while he's taking out Gino, he wouldn't have gave a shit. I guess that yeah, would have been a shorter bad movie. Guy's name again? What's the bad guy's name who kills Bobby Lupo? Richie. Richie. His okay, name? so Richie, yeah. Richie's killing women in fucking in station wagon. That was out, crazy. In the middle of the street, and then, the- and, but no, but then fucking. But then one cop in a car shows up, and there's seven of them, and they drive away. They well, walk away. seven of them, and they have fucking guns. They walk away there's from the car at that them. scene. They all get out of the yeah, car, but and they... the whole point... Well, I don't care if they fucking walk away, drive. There's seven of them, and there's one of him. Why do you fucking shoot him? He's shooting random women in cars, and he runs oh, away Oh, you're talking about him. the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no reason why he wouldn't be a fucking shoot on dem- on site, pretty much. No, they're all like, "Oh, it's Gino. Let's get the fuck out of here." It's like, but I also don't, there's... I also don't know why he's like the hell bent on this one night of destruction. Like, he it's... just goes on this rampage. He's like, "This is gonna be a night that no one forgets." So all of a sudden, the movie almost becomes like a horror movie where he's just like, just crazy. He's on a murder rampage all of a sudden. I don't really. The get only it. thing that it makes sense is that he was banging Roxanne as well. And he, he he found he found the picture and he was just like oh this guy I, I was banging all kinds of lady and I was on the crack then I got off and I was in love with this chick and then Bobby Lupo's banging her and now I've just I flipped and gone crazy it, it they could have done a much better job of setting his character up with a a more I don't know it, it he was like a little over the t- way over the top. Um, it, not in sense of a bad guy, like he's a pretty good bad guy in this because he's so unpredictable, but it's just hard to believe that, you know, his friends would keep hanging with him even for that oh, yeah. big thing of money that he was promising them all. Like he he was going out to die. This was his suicide. And he was yeah, just gonna take no his money. Yeah, there's he, no he kept other saying way it. And how did those other guys why would those other guys go along with killing fucking mafia family members and stuff with him? They know that they're fucked it's if a they're death with cult. him. So yeah. why wouldn't they have all just abandoned him or turned on him and shot them them fucking selves and turned turned his dead body over to the mafia? Like, like none of them are going to like go along. It's a, the mo- their motivations make no sense. There's no money for them. There's no power for them. Well, there is money. Out of this? He shows not- them. He shows them the money at the start, and he has like a, an underground vault. And he's like, "This is all yours because I won't need it after today." And they're like, "Yeah," but still, like the promise of that money, I would have left the crew. I would have whacked him and it just cracked his safe. Like, yeah, with the amount of heat they were taking. Him and I would have killed him, and t- and I would have told the mob that I killed him for them because. He was crazy, and here's his fucking body, and don't kill me, please. Yeah. It seems like, like the motivation they move. set up for all these guys is meth. Everything is explained away because of meth. Meth or crack, I couldn't tell. But Richie's the one that's doing all the meth, though. It's him. So there's Yeah, you like, only ever really see him pipe. smoking it. Why did he have to Everyone kill wheels? beers and plays pool. Yeah. Well, I hated that he killed math. wheels. Yeah, I know, but I didn't like that. He's like, no, Richie, no, and he shoots him. I was like, damn it, Richie, now you deserve to die. You killed, like, a, a shitty cop and a lady who called you an idiot in traffic. We've all wanted to do that. Let's be let's be fair. And, uh, you know, some other random folk. Uh, but that guy in the wheelchair didn't deserve it. He was trying to run a nice little small car cutting business. How does a guy like that in a wheelchair who doesn't have enough balls to stand up to Richie, he, like, folds immediately. How does that guy run a car cutting business? 
Like, that was a big uh, operation, too. They had a ma- major warehouse going with maybe 20 cars being worked on. So he employs at least 100 to 150 people in that operation. Wheels. I think Richie's a different level of dude. You probably cower in the fucking sight of a true sociopath. I guess. Which makes you wonder how he, like, how did how did Richie build his crew? Like, what is he doing that gets that level of respect that even the mob kind of leaves him be? Also, not for nothing, but did you ask how that guy can't stand up to Richie? Yeah. I feel like that was a little insensitive. Maybe, yeah. That's sorry. I also wonder, <laughs> there's, not enough, there's not enough motivation. There's not enough motivation for, for Richie to do this either. Like, it should have been, if you wanted it to be jealousy, then it should have been his wife or something. Not yeah. some fucking side piece, because for the rest of the movie, he just pops over that other woman's house and keeps fucking her. Yeah, with no remorse. her sister. Yeah, he so, just like, takes what, what he wants. Fuck if, if Bobby Lupo's fucking some fucking hooker that he fucks or whatever, like, what does he give a shit? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It, yeah, his motivation for killing a cop make zero fucking sense, and then for going on his rampage as well. Like, it yeah. should have been something something way bigger and, like, more interesting. Like, so stupid and lazy. Yeah. It's, and it's, uh, what it's did bad. you guys think of when Seagal gets... It's, what was interesting to me and what they did differently and I was kind of okay with was that when Bobby finally fights our, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Gino... Gino, Gino or whatever. <laughs> he fights uh, Richie. And Richie stands no fucking chance, and he just beats the shit out of. There's not even a fight; it's just a yeah. beating. Yeah, he just beats the fuck out of him. And I was like, I kind of like that. I did too. No, I do too. Yeah, I did too. He, most people would be like, it has to be like, you know, it has to be like a we. It has to be combat between the two, the villain and the hero, and it has to be like a, a fight. And it's like, no, it doesn't. He's fucking the best. Like he just kicks the shit out of this guy. And I, I was I was happy to see it. I wanted him to kick the shit out of him more. Yeah, I so thought like they could have expanded upon the shit kicking. I thought the wine opener killing was just I don't know. It was a little weak. I was hoping for more, either more beating or a more set like beating his head in with that uh, table chair table that he had for a while. The 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 bottle opener thing seemed a little bit weak sauce. But he also did all that with a, uh, a wound in either his liver and or his kidney. He took a round in the side. And fought like it was nothing. Yeah, and then afterwards, that. he was like, "It was, it's, it ain't nothing." It was a through and through. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so Gal can rearrange his organs. That was the only time that Richie kind of like did anything at all. He like touched his wound, but Sagal like kind of winced and then just like slapped him around and threw him into a fucking table. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, it was like, not, it was just like, fuck you. Yeah. No, I think more movies should have when you have like this this superpower like a hero character in the movie and he fights a guy who's like a super evil guy but clearly not a match for like one-on-one battle there should be more movies that do that just absolute fucking ass kicking right at the end i'm trying to think back if more seagal movies did that um because there's one where he fights it's all like to to get with a senator at the end of it and i think he just whoops the, the senator, jamaican so. he fights for a jamaican gang yeah that one marked for what's death that, what's that one um marked for death Mark for it's with the voodoo. The guys with the voodoo. <laughs> oh, Savage. it just occurred to me. We need to throw Jackie Chan in this mix. Oh, yeah. Oh, some old, old school Jackie. One, 
It's just Rumble in the Bronx is the only one I could think I'd want to do. I haven't really seen a lot of his other movies. So, Some like, it, Rumble in the Bronx is on the theater. I used to watch oh, a bunch some... of his old ones, like Drunken Master and, and uh, Armor yeah. of God, and there's a few others. I think Rumble in the Bronx is, like, the North American That was movie. his That's first. The, uh, Rumble other in the Bronx than, we could other, do. And... Hmm. Other than Rush Hours and stuff, which we already did Rush Hours, so, like, I feel like Rumble in the Bronx is really the only one that makes sense, because... A lot well, of his you, you clearly haven't seen a lot, but John and I think have seen pretty much yeah. the rest yeah, of them. We'll, we'll pick two. We'll pick yeah, two and, and come back. I'll, I'll... I don't think, but I just don't think any, like, it's a, his his films outside of the U.S. are very niche. It's not a... I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have to go back. the popularity of, like... I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah, I'll go back like, and see. We'll, we'll, we will do... We'll do Rumble in the Bronx, and I'll pick one other from Jackie Chan. I can't Chan. even think of one other title, even a title of a Jackie Chan movie. Not even that I haven't seen it. I just can't even think of the name. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll like, figure it out. What would be your guys, like, what would be another one that you guys like? Supercop, maybe, would be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, Supercop? It's called Supercop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got some good stuff. Uh, All right, we'll, we'll we'll table that one for now, and we'll figure it out. But we'll throw in a couple of Jackie Chan into the mix. Yeah, it just occurred to me. I just wanted to mention it. Before yeah. I forgot. No, it's good. Uh, well, since you can't stop opening oh, your mouth, yeah. Brent, what, what what are you saying? What? Colin, Colin. you were going to say something? Oh, Shanghai Shanghai Noon. Oh, that I did oh. I did watch that after we talked about that around um, uh, rush hour, and Shanghai Noon is fucking awful. Don't call it. Oh, I was going to say, that would be a perfect one to do. It's bad. It's not even worth doing. It's well, so bad. You, well, me and Brad might think it holds up. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Oh, my God. All right. Well, then maybe we could do it. Probably not, maybe though. Maybe that I'll one another good one. in Shanghai Noon. Oh, I like God. going Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I Fuck know. Yeah. He's likable in this, but the maybe. movie is bad. Um. Okay, let's, uh, let's call this one up. Brent, take us away. Doesn't hold up. Uh, giant, giant piece of shit. Not the biggest piece of shit we've seen since we've um, been on this short ride so far on these old kind of action movies. But um, but overall, not good. I don't like Steven Seagal, and I think he's injured in a lot of these movies from my perspective because I know how big a piece of garbage he is in real life. Um, and since he's kind of really come out as not a good person, mm. um so that shit kind of ruins it for me. But the movie is not the worst action movie from that time in terms of like the actual fighting and choreograph, like Colin was saying, with um, you know, with the bar scene and the fucking fights in different areas and stuff like that. It's all pretty decent. Um, otherwise, this movie is just filled with I don't know, like like first draft quality movie making. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> where no one wanted to put any kind of depth of research or thought into anything, and they just said, we have Steven Seagal, and we have fucking uh, William Forsyth, I guess, was maybe the discussion, and <laughs> let's just do this. I don't, I don't really have a lot more to say about the movie. It was uh, it was time I didn't hate that I lost, but I'd probably ask for it back if I could. Yeah, I think I, I think the uh, I think with you guys like the the actual action and fight scenes. If you could just boil it down to that five minutes in total and show me that, I would be like, cool. That seems a little badass. And then just let my mind wander as to what the story could have been, where one man is kicking so much ass with cue balls and meat cleavers and a 1911 pistol and a shotgun. Uh, but otherwise, this movie is like quite 
hideous. Um, and it, it's really the lack of any redeemable or likable characters. Like, I'm not even cheering for Seagal by the time it's done. And uh, Coraggio, the dog, as it's pissing on that old man's face. It's just, that's pissing on me, is what I kind of felt. Because um, I, as the audience, wanted to throw this movie into a bag and out of a moving car window. And instead, it was found by some piece of shit who made it. I don't like it. So I would say no, does not does not hold up, not even close. I like that. What do you got, Colin? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed this. Um, I have to say I enjoyed this a lot more than uh, Bloodsport, just because I hadn't seen it as many times, and I really did like the fighting. Um, but, like, it's one of the worst scripts. Like, the acting is terrible. The fucking... The motivations of the characters make no fucking sense. I don't give a fuck about anybody. Like, I just want to see him beat shit out of more people. I mean, like, that's all I get out of this, is I, like, wish he beat up more people. He should just start, like, going around beating up people in the street. <laughs> watch that. <laughs> but other than that, this movie's garbage. But, yeah, it's a bad movie. But the fight, it was, it was worth it again to see him doing his fucking Aikido shit. Just to watch it. I'm not saying you should watch this movie. You probably shouldn't, but for me, it was at least I got that out of it. Is I got I I actually worked on a Steven Seagal movie. That's right, as a Glimmer Man, wasn't it? Yeah, it was called Exit Wounds. Oh, Exit Wounds. Yeah, they shot that in Calgary. And and in Calgary, there's um down in Chinatown, there's a a street that comes out onto the Center Street Bridge that then goes up the hill. And I remember a scene in that movie where a car comes tearing out of the street that I I've driven on many times. And it's like, nobody, nobody comes down that street like that. And then rips up onto the center street bridge. Like it's, it's the, it's the beginning of the exit wounds movie. And what it is, it's the vice president. I don't know why they didn't do the president. They did the vice president's motorcade and it gets attacked by a helicopter with a smiley face on the side of it. And I was on set like for like a week watching that helicopter fly over with a fake gun shooting out of it and stuff. And uh, and then Steven Chagall showed up for like one day yeah. out of the whole week. And they, <laughs> they had a stuntman who actually looked a lot like Steven Seagal right. um, for the rest of the time. But he showed up for like one fucking day and did his thing. I, I don't. I can't remember that. It was a long time ago. Was this, that movie came in like two thousand one. I just looked. Wasn't that the first? But um, anyway, wasn't that the first movie that you saw that used the gas explosions, where you heard like the whoosh instead of the? It was just boom? the first time I I'd ever seen that live. Right. And uh, when you watch the movie, they blow up the motorcades and they use sand cannons. So I got to see them load all that shit. So the so the sand cannon is like a big huge like cylinder that drops out of the bottom of the car and, and it lifts the car up during right. the explosion. Yep. And uh, and so when you see that with close ups and then you you have the sound of the explosion added in, it looks really cool. But when you see it live, yeah, you you don't see the cars really lift off the ground because it happens so fast, and all you hear for the sound is this. Which yeah. is just the gasoline like igniting, so it's super underwhelming to see that shit live. Yeah, it's like yeah. actually kind of ru- it really ruins <laughs> those types of things. Ruins your when suspension you of disbelief. Yeah. Oh yeah, completely. Because you know what it was like, and then when you watch it on the screen, you see how much of it is post production and editing. And 
I think so. Um, I mean, it definitely was interesting experience, but uh, yeah, no yeah it was a little bit of a letdown at the time. I think um, as we go through this, it'll be interesting to see uh, as a little bit of a deviation from our normal. Um, we'll keep on rating these movies on if they if they hold up or not. But let's start a running tally now to see if we can come up with our group consensus on what the best kind of action movie from the ones we're doing of the of the eighties and early nineties is. Uh, Colin, it sounds like you'd prefer this over Bloodsport, so we'll just kind of do like a running bracket like that, face movies off one-on-one as we do it and come up with the tops. Um, would you rather watch this or Bloodsport, Brent? And and don't worry about critically or if it's just like from your own whatever, your own enjoyment of so it doesn't So it doesn't need to be like from a critical eye, it's just what I'd rather watch. What would watch. you rather watch, yeah, this or Bloodsport? I mean, it's weird that it's fucking close for me. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it makes it makes me feel kind of dirty because I I fucking love Bloodsport all growing up. Do you know what I mean? And I always appreciated that that movie was garbage movie. Yeah, I just like it, and I like Jean Claude Van Damme. Like, there's something about him that I cheer for. Yeah. Whereas with Steven Seagal, like even back in these days, he kind of seemed like a douche to me. Yeah. Um, this is a better movie. I mean, I'd probably rather say, watch this. The action is better in this. The acting is better. It's a better movie. I'd, I'd rather watch this. But I, fuck, there's a part of me that prefers Bloodsport. <laughs> what, what about you, John? I mean, I think I, I alluded to this last time. Is is there something about Bloodsport that uh, has more heart than than this movie? Yeah, uh, totally. It, like, and and it, it would even come down to it looked like people were having more fun making it. And even if it was a oh, less yeah, experienced well, group sure. of people, um, so I, I would I would watch Bloodsport like once a year, and I normally do, even though it's a garbage movie. I laugh; it's so it's so bad. I laugh. Um, I will say, yeah, this so movie this Bloodsport. movie holds no return value for me. Like like I said, the only part of this I would watch would be the fight scenes, which are far better than Bloodsport's fight scenes. But the rest of the movie, but I can't watch the. I can't watch anything in Bloodsport then because I can't even watch that. That's what I'm saying is like, <laughs> at least I could fast forward to the fight scene. I would just fast forward all of Bloodsport from beginning to end. Like, I don't... Bloodsport's hilarious in how terrible it is, yeah. whereas this is just terrible. Bloodsport is almost like comically enjoyable yes. in how fucking shitty it is. Yes. I, I think I maybe am on John's side. He maybe swayed me here. Because I will I watch Bloodsport again, but I'll never probably watch this movie again. Unless I'm in a hospital room and it's the only thing playing on Channel 3. Yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel it's Bloodsport, ah, maybe it's a little funny. But I will say this, like bad though, funny, though. about the experience working on the Steven Seagal movie is we were told, we were told at the beginning, before the day he was going to show up, we were all, everyone was told that we were not allowed to look at him or talk to him or approach him in any way. But one of those I will say that when I worked at a concert with uh, Courtney Love's band, Hole, we were told the exact same thing about Courtney Love. So I don't think that's like, maybe I that's, think that's pretty across the board, probably. That's what I mean, yeah. To. I bet not with that's Van Damme. I bet I bet Van Damme's people were like, yeah, like this guy just feels appreciative to be in this position. I saw an interview with JCVD, and he was very humble about the whole thing, and and he was like, he's like to go from like nothing and basically living on the street to like people like cheering for you and you're on the screen. He's like, it's fucking crazy, amazing. Yeah, but you don't, I you don't like want that. Guy, I think that's, I think it might just be standard 
to tell probably you know, the people who are in the lower end to not disturb the production by bothering. Yeah, but I yeah, think there's sure. levels of it. Like, there's probably levels where, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, they'd be like, just don't approach the star. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just appreciate that he, you know, he's the star and he needs space and we can't, we just don't have time for everyone to approach him. And then there's movies where Steven Seagal, where they're like, don't look him in the eye. Don't, like, yeah. you know, give him a six-foot breadth of space around him if you're moving around. Well, like, it's like Bill Cosby, you know I mean? where you gotta come and watch him eat. <laughs> <laughs> like well, that, that level of it, fucking prima donna bullshit. It, that's nuts. Yeah, that that yeah. that is kind of what it was. But anyway. which is so crazy to find that out. Hey, yeah. that Cosby would make people watch him eat. It's like they all oh, gotta eat some pudding pops, and he said, "Check me out, Rudy." <laughs> okay, well, um, it looks like maybe Brent was changing his voter end to Bloodsport. Was it? Yeah, you know what? Because you swayed me by saying. Um, I'll watch Bloodsport once a year, maybe, but I won't watch out for justice again. And that's a hundred percent true for me. Yeah, I enjoy I'll, watching I'll Bloodsport more than I enjoy watching this. And if I'm gonna, if I ever watch one of these again, it will be Bloodsport. I bought Bloodsport one the other day because I was like, before <laughs> I watched it, I didn't know it was gonna be as bad as it was, but yeah. I bought it anyways. I don't want to be judged. If that's the criteria. If that's the criteria, I would watch neither of these movies ever again. <laughs> I can't pick. Yeah, but you're you're too much of a purist. You have an inability to appreciate things for shittiness. You are like <laughs> you you have you have one lens that you look at movies through, and it's only that. Whereas John and I, I can watch, watch shitty things and appreciate them for the comical shittiness. Well, but I would watch Rush Hour again because I think Rush Hour is funny Rush Hour is legitimately funny. Yeah, it's That's a bad movie, saying, but it's funny. But these movies are bad, but they're not. They're bad, funny to talk about, but I don't laugh when I watch them. But I, we, we, I will. Well, we're, I'm going to save that for the next episode. Okay. So yeah. We let's disrupt uh, this up. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, we're on to movie two. It looks like, uh, from a voting perspective, that Bloodsport got two votes, and Colin voted for neither because he's never going to watch either movie again. So yeah. I guess we'll have uh, Bloodsport as kind a of our test vote to start. The reigning, Bloodsport will be our reigning champ for after two <laughs> movies, but we got many, many more to come. We got a couple of different actors we're throwing in the mix for these uh, '80s, '90s cheese ball action movies. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so there you go. Out for justice. If you want to watch a stern-faced man who runs funny, uh, watch Out for Justice. <laughs> Uh, more likely, though, just get on YouTube and look for Out for Justice fight scenes, and then go from there. Save yourself. That should have been the tag on the movie poster, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Out for Justice. Come watch a stern-faced man run funny. <laughs> Love uh, it. Right on. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We hope you're staying uh, healthy and safe out there, and uh, enjoy your shit. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.